Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Ugly Ducklings podcast with your hosts Rashida and Bryce. It's Pride Month, and we're excited to introduce our featured guest for today, Preston. From marching in protest to facilitating workshops about personal pleasure, Preston's positive and authentic energy is simply unmatched. So without further ado, let's welcome Preston, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so Preston, before we dive in, would you like to introduce yourself um, to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Preston. I am originally from Washington, D.C. area. I currently live in Southern California. Um, some identities that I'm bringing to the table and lenses of how I'm navigating this world are um, being raised by a single mother, um, being queer. Some of my like cultural and racial identities are um, Lumbee, Indigenous, um, Azorian, Ukrainian, British, African, Jewish, um, a lot of different intersections and identities. And I think that we all exist in different identities and it impacts all of our experiences in different ways. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about and share a little bit of my experience and also speak on some stories that aren't really talked about or totally erased from history altogether. So I'm looking forward to, um, yeah, speaking with you more about this. Thank you for that. Yeah, I'm excited. So, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It really is um, such an honor to have um, space as someone that is trans, someone that is two-spirit, um, that historically would not get a lot of space that absolutely wouldn't be recorded so thank yeah. god for modern technology <laughs> thank god for people like you that are giving people like me a space and a platform um to share my story and to share um the things that I've experienced and the things that my communities have experienced yeah because we need to be educated and so many people are interested or curious but don't necessarily have a friend that they can talk to or feel comfortable, you know, maybe feeling like, am I asking a stupid question? So yeah, um, this is definitely needed. Absolutely. I always say I'm everyone's queer auntie. Like all of my <laughs> friends' kids like come to me. I'm always the person to like have these types of conversations, not only in like my microcosm world, but also like the world at large. I also like teach workshops about this and talk about this a lot. So I spend not only my personal private life existing, um, living my day-to-day -day in these spaces, but also um, trying to co-create them with other people, trying to create more spaces where more people can feel safe and welcome and like they belong and that like their stories matter and that they matter, that they have something to contribute and that they're worthy. I'm here for it. Yes, preach. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I originally found Preston on Instagram, I want to say a couple years ago. I'm not sure who followed who first, but I thought that Preston had a really cool haircut. And I always follow people with really cool hair. So from there, we used to have conversations. And then for this particular episode, since, like I said, it's Pride Month, I thought it would be a great opportunity for Preston to come on board and give their testimony about their life. Yes. So that being said, since it's Pride Month, what does coming out mean to you, Preston? Ooh, I think that this uh, this is a more in-depth 
question and answer than like Preston would have answered at maybe 18. Um, to me, coming out is something that is always happening. Um, it's not just like this one time story, like, yay, we had cake and it was beautiful and incredible. Um, it really is this lifetime journey. Um, I like even using the example of work, for example, right? If you switch jobs, you have to like have that whole process again, right? Yeah. So that's just one example, but all the time going to the grocery store, right? Like having to have that conversation with someone in line. And it's like, dude, I just want some bananas right now. I don't want to like <laughs> talk about gender with you. <laughs> um, and also that I think it's important to acknowledge the history of coming out that it was initially created as something for wealthy white folks and was only within the gay community that you were coming out to your circle. And it was similar to like a debutante ball. And then over time, it transitioned to being something public. Um, and even now, it's something that there are many places in the world um, the U.S. included, where people still get killed <laughs> for being gay or for being trans or for being queer. Um, so I think coming out is something that um, is almost cyclical, right? It continues to happen throughout your life and happens in different ways. Um, me coming out as trans publicly was very different than like me coming out as queer at 12 right it's a totally different experience so I think that it's something that is always evolving um and is not like a singular event in our lives no definitely for sure I know for myself I I had this uh this theory that like I came out to myself internally and then I came out to my I came out to everyone else right and I battled with that for a long period of time because I felt like you know when it comes to heterosexual men or women they don't necessarily have to come out to anything so why should I right but it wasn't Absolutely. it was getting to a point within my family where they weren't um I thought that they would get it eventually that I wasn't necessarily straight and they were still like convincing themselves that I was so then I had to have the sit down conversation at 30 years old and like hey this is my lifestyle. This is who I am. And um, we're going to give you space to grieve because I know my family, they're pretty extreme. <laughs> so uh, we, we had like a, we went through a little rough patch for like a year, but now we're in like a much better place. So. No, that's amazing to hear that. And I think um, for myself, I think about how grateful I am to have a mom that supports me. Right. Um, that would literally do anything for me. I have so many friends that don't have that luxury that you know were kicked out of their homes um they don't have biological family they have a queer chosen family um but they've been cut off so i always um honor my mom and honor like my privilege in that that i get to exist freely and now it's my job to go back and get people that were left behind and make sure that we all we all get here yeah and it's so like, I mean, I know Bryce, like we've talked about this on the podcast before, but like the fact that your parents or family, friends have to grieve is like so disgusting 
And like, you're using that word. And I mean, I know like you're using it because there really are grieving. But it's like, what are you grieving? Like, this is your child who you should love unconditionally. What does it, if they're in love with somebody, same sex or not, you should be like, they treating you well? You happy? Good. That's all they need to know. Like, it's so unfortunate that we have been brainwashed that like one way is the right way. Right. Absolutely. That's real. I mean, like, I can speak on their behalf, like, my, like I said, my family, I don't want to say the word delusional, but they <laughs> kind of project a lot. So like they had this idea of who I was going to be without actually accepting who I actually was. So mm-hmm. that was the grieving part. Like this image, this fantasy of who Bryce is, is no longer there, but I'm there. You just weren't looking in the right direction, if that makes sense. It's grieving their attachments. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah like their attachment to the idea of who they think you should be versus just accepting and embracing what is who you actually are (laughs) versus like oh you don't fit in this perfect box of what I what my vision for you was right which is very selfish um so it's like they're an aspect of like grieving their ego um and having to confront things about themselves that they haven't accepted Mm. things about themselves where they haven't been able to live authentically or vocally no that's real that's what scares people right that's what like gets the fear going and then that trickles into hatred which trickles into violence right so i think that um yeah there is still so much work to do and i always like to acknowledge the people that came before me that have done this work with like I'm not the first trans person to ever exist I don't speak for all trans people right like this is so much a community effort and like even this weekend um, me and some friends went to the pride parade here in Los Angeles and it was a group of just six of us that said hey this is important to us and it's important that We don't have police leading a parade that was created because police were harming queer and trans folks. Pride was created by Black trans women who were sex workers, who were poor, who were unhoused at different parts of their lives. They started the movement then, and literally yesterday in 2022, guess who was on the front lines? It was Black trans women leading the movements as they always have for every social movement that's happened, at least in our documented history, right? Um, every single movement, Black liberation, queer liberation, women's liberation, gay rights yeah. liberation, like they were all spearheaded by Black trans women. And it's disgusting to me that like, they're literally being slaughtered in the streets. And yesterday they're like pleading, like, hey, just respect us. Let us walk down the street. And like cops are pushing them. And it's like, we just want care. We want love in our community. We want to be able to go to a restaurant or a bar and not be kicked out. (laughs) Like that is a basic request for existing. Um, as a human in this world. And for some reason that's radicalized, that's considered 
extremist <laughs> to just have like a living wage and access to housing, access to mental health support um, and pride in particular. Like I have definitely had so many pride celebrations and had so many incredible experiences over the years. My first pride parade when I was 15 and I snuck into pride with like my home <laughs> underage and weren't supposed to be at pride. And like, even that, right? Like how shitty that like, I had to sneak into a space that was supposed to be created for me. Yeah, no. And it's also sickening for me to hear you say that you're at a pride parade and they're like now being aggressive with the people there to celebrate. Like, what is the issue? Like, you know why they're here. They're peacefully celebrating just th them, their lives, each other, community. Why are you in their face? Why are you being hostile? Yeah, we were literally like walking down the street holding hands. I brought like some sage that I had gotten like from some elders and was like burning. Like we were not at all aggressive. Like we were very much like, hey, we all deserve freedom and love and to be taken care of and to not be exploited. Like a ticket to the concert event was 70 bucks. Like <laughs> historically and currently, queer people don't have access to funds like that. And like, this is supposed to be an event that's celebrating us. All of these big corporations that are sponsoring it, that are down, that are allies, is like, why don't y'all just pay for this and say, hey, here's a free community event for you to enjoy. We, we actually want to celebrate you, not like charge you $20 for a cocktail <laughs> and 75 bucks to get in the gate. Like, it's crazy to me. Um, yeah, but I'm working to change that. Um, my community is working to change that. Even our small but mighty group of six like showed up yesterday <laughs> and yeah. we really... Um, we weren't just there for us, right? We were there for like the collective us, the collective we, the people that couldn't be there. No, that's, that's real shit. Um, <laughs> do you do you feel like when it comes to like the corporations with all this branding of Pride Month and let's just put a rainbow on everything? Mm -hmm. Does it? Are there any brands? And you, not that we're trying to promote anybody, so you don't have to name a brand. But do you feel like there are brands where you actually believe them, or do you think it's just all a gimmick? I will say there definitely are um, some brands operating with integrity. I think generally speaking, that's gonna be like mom and pop. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I always tell people support like black owned businesses, support queer owned businesses. These businesses exist in your community. If you're in a small or rural community that doesn't have these businesses, they exist in the larger cities near you. <laughs> Nowadays they exist online. Um, there's absolutely tons and tons of um, organizations that I work with. I do think there are some corporations that really try, like Target, for example, I really think they like get it. <laughs> I think they're like try, you know, they're trying. Um, they definitely have some incredible, like, for example, they give like healthcare to trans employees, which should be a basic standard. They should not get an applause for doing that, but they're doing that and some other companies aren't. So I always give credit where credit is due. There are some companies that are doing it. Um, 
I don't think in large scale that includes most corporations, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree with you. And I and I like I said, I was like, I don't want us to have to promote anyone in particular, but when you mentioned Target, I said, Oh, I could believe that. But I do feel like even just like with black owned business and things like they're more authentic with making sure that they talk about all these different things or women's month or this or that like they're like okay let's make sure these people are feel somewhat seen or heard you want to take our money every day when i walk in there trying to spend 20 dollars and i leave spending 100 so you please make me feel like you care a little bit about me <laughs> absolutely and i think that they're trying right i think of the corporations they're the ones that are like trying to be inclusive they're making an effort um, and I think that's important, right? Nobody's ever gonna get it perfect. It's always a learning journey for all of us. So I think it's important to acknowledge where you're at, acknowledge the things that you still need to learn or areas you still need to grow in um, and keep it moving. Like <laughs> it, we can't stay like stuck on um, the little things. It's like, I, I don't, care about pronouns or bathroom. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to not get murdered. I want health care. I want, like, access to a therapist that's not $200 an hour. Like, I'm not asking for crazy things, right? Like, I'm asking for just kind of basic, <laughs> you know, basic um, functioning things. Just human rights. I was, I saw a TikTok where this guy was like, you want human, like, we're we're humans fighting for human rights. And it's like the irony in that, like, why are we fighting? We're all human, but yet we're fighting for these basic necessities. Like you said, everyone, like, there's so many people where I'm like, why don't you talk to a therapist or get therapy? And they're like, I can't, like I, my insurance doesn't cover it. And I don't have $200 to pay a therapist. So then they just don't do it, even though they need it. Absolutely. I actually have a real life example for that. Um, I have a friend whose child is transitioning. Um, and was interested in starting um, hormone blockers. So they are right before the age of puberty, like prime time to start that. And they have gotten so much back pushback from doctors. And that is a family that has medical insurance. And it's like a six month waiting list to even speak to a doctor. In Southern California, there are two surgeons that perform gender reassignment surgery and like southern california is supposed to be progressive right so it's like yikes there is um a, a lack of resources and if the resources ever come you know what i mean it's like waiting for things that just haven't happened yet and hopeful that they will happen right like i think that's such a huge part of um my purpose and my sole mission is like, we also deserve pleasure. We also deserve to be happy. We also deserve trans joy. Like it doesn't always have to be just talking about us getting obliterated. Like that is a part of it, yes. And we're also existing as like normal people having regular regular lives <laughs> that are trying to just exist peacefully and freely um and when people are challenged by that right like that's what you were saying earlier bryce right like when people are challenged by their own things by their own internal demons and you're like hey i'm just existing freely like this i'm year. not telling you at all what to do or how to live 
but by me being here is threatening to you because I'm allowing you to see what's possible. And that's scary for a lot of people. The vibrations are too high. They're not ready. <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel like even that's matched, right? Like, I think so much of my energy in my younger life and my 20s was like, just like trying to get people to get it. And now 30 was such a turning point for me of just like, okay, you like get it or you don't. Like, I'm not trying to sell you. I'm not trying to pitch you or convince you. Like you're down and like you're here as the collective community or you're not. And that's real. Um, I personally, I was telling, I think I might have telling Rashida last week that I personally have an issue when people say like, oh, you know, I love you, but I don't agree with who you are, or I don't agree with your lifestyle choices. And I'm like, well, no one asked you to, no one asked you to say that part. Like you could just say that you love me. Why would you have to throw in that part I don't agree with? So my thing is like, this is a part of me. This is who I am. So if you don't agree with me, how can you agree with me? Exactly. And then it's also, oh, like I'm not or like racist or I'm not homophobic or I'm not transphobic or I'm not. But then they say shit like that. So then you're like, but then you are like not. And, you know, you have to own that and live with that or just don't fuck with me because I feel like for people to put the butt there is like, well, then to your point, well, this is who I am. So how can you say I like you, but I don't like you? No, it's like either yes or no. Absolutely. That was super eye-opening even at the parade interruption that we did on Sunday. It was like, we had all these people on the sidelines like cheering for us, right? Some people that were absolutely booing us. Uh, some people that were like screaming in Black trans women's faces that like they don't belong there and they need to leave. So we got like the full spectrum of humans and emotions, right? But was so heartbreaking to me was seeing two people joined us, right? Like two people left their place in line and came and marched with us for a bit. And they were both women of color. And I was like, damn, history like really just repeats itself. And like, you have literally all of these white bystanders that have money, that live in one of the wealthiest neighborhoods and areas of Los Angeles and in the country, not to make shit literally sipping mimosas and we're like hey just like don't kill us <laughs> and they're have a problem that we're delaying their parade <laughs> it's just like you can't make this up so i'm focused on those six people that i marched with right that's my new family like those are the people that are committed to creating change and more peace and love and harmony in this world yeah, it was it was a lot because you sent me so Rashid before we had before we hopped on, Preston sent me some of the videos from the march, and then one that stuck out to one that stuck out to me, excuse me, was the white man with the legalized gay T-shirt on screaming at the black trans woman, and her showing up fearlessly in her transness, like that was a ripple impact for even me, and feeling more affirmed and my transness. Um, so shout out to Mariah, like really um, such an incredible, beautiful person and soul and like really made that and really like is a revolutionary, right? Like 
the person that's actually speaking up that doesn't have to, but is choosing to, and like choosing to help out other people along the way too. Do you have people like in your circle of friends where they're just so tired of fighting that like obviously they're a part of the community but they just don't have the heart or the energy to protest or to go to the parade and they're just like I just want to live in my house and mind my business absolutely um burnout is really really real um really really real I will say though generally speaking a lot of people claim burnout who really haven't done shit (laughs) and the people that like actually should be exhausted and burnt out are like still tirelessly showing up um actually Mariah I spoke with her about that after the march and I was like I know that you're tired like I'm sorry that you have to keep doing this and like I'm hopeful for a day that we don't have to do this that you don't have to walk down the street to just get basic human respect that's real so yeah there are there's definitely uh some tired people and I think that's important too um it's important to rest that was a huge lesson for myself I'm definitely an activist have been actively like on the front line since I was 18 um and I definitely burned out because I was always doing I was never giving back to me I was never filling my cup I was always like, okay, community, community, community. Like you don't need the individual, just like focus on the greater good, focus on the community. And I had to get really real with myself of like, I now have boundaries around like my time and also still showing up all the time for my community. Oh, that's real. Oh, wait. So I don't know if you saw this earlier, maybe eight hours ago, breaking Texas State Representative Brian Slayton announces he will file legislation to ban drag shows in the presence of minors. Oh, gosh. Like, it just keeps getting worse. This is why I don't live in a place like Texas also, because they're (laughs) like, you're a woman, you should have no control over your body. Like, Like, what is happening? Yeah, it feels like we're, it's like we're making, we're taking steps forward and then they're like, we're regressing. You're like, wait, Absolutely. are we really in 2022 or are we in 2022 BC? Like, what, what's happening? <laughs> I just, yeah, like, it really is like such a weird, just like historical cycle. Literally, my grandparents were um, like some of the original organizers of the American Indian movement and like have been doing political work and activism work for 40 plus years. And like, having the same exact conversations. My mom did it in the 70s, having the same exact conversations. It's like, we progress in so many ways. We progress technologically and scientifically, um, but we digress as um, humans and like as empathetic, uh, as connectors to one another. So I'm trying to rebuild that. I'm like, let's rebuild communities um that are centered around care and love and actually supporting each other no that's real like i wish i had that when i was younger because i did not feel loved (laughs) where i grew up you know um because of who i was so no that's amazing um it's just i don't know like it's i feel like Texas should be its own country at this point it makes no sense what's happening (laughs) like kids just there were kids murdered a couple weeks ago, right? And we're worried about drag shows. 
with children. Make it make sense. Like I, I'm, I don't, I don't know. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's again, it's history repeating itself, right? It mm-hmm. is um, demonizing women and femmes and trans people, right, as the enemy. Um, and the only thing that makes us the enemy is that we're challenging the status quo. Right. Of we're like claiming our sovereignty as beings. Right. <laughs> and people don't like that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, because this system's designed to like people convince themselves that June, which is Pride Month, but I mean, I feel like Pride Month should be celebrated every day, just like Black History Month should be celebrated every day, vice versa, Absolutely. right? But it's just, I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It is, I will say that it's frustrating, but it makes sense in that if you pause and think, I'm a history nerd, right? So I always think about like, okay, what's the historical perspective, right? Like historically speaking, Mm -hmm. the last couple hundred years, right? Anyone that you're dealing with in the US that's white, their parents and or grandparents literally own slaves. So like- that is in their DNA. That's like, you know what I mean? That's not like, okay, it goes away in a week. Like I always say white folks just learned that they were racist in 2020, right? (laughs) Like truly they just like just started swallowing that pill of like, what? We're racist? (laughs) No way. Still arguably so many of them in denial about it, right? Like that's just Mm -hmm. what it is. Um, hopeful for change, question mark. Um, (laughs) But also being a realist, right? That like, they have some work to do as a sub community, right? Just like indigenous people have healing that they need to do as a sub community. Queer people have healing that they need to do as a sub community. Um, And I think that those like are overlapping, right? Those can happen at the same time and also happen at different times. Um, Something even that like sometimes I get some grief from people about is having intentionally exclusive spaces. I've had people get upset that I've said like, hey, this is a queer space. Like if you're not queer, this one thing you have to sit out in your life one thing and people lose their minds and they're like oh you're not being inclusive and it's like no i for one event i'm serving my community can i do that <laughs> like you can get the next round i promise like just this one time you have to sit one time on the sidelines and not let it be about you oh well keyword not let it be about you right <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh, the entitlement for me. Um, but back on track real quick. So, Preston, you talked about or you spoke about earlier about your queer circle, your, your family, your tribe. Mm-hmm. How important is how important are those individuals to you? Oh, so like literally life saving. Um, and I really mean that like I was really depressed, Um, definitely had thoughts of suicide, like so many queer people do, right? I'm not alone in that experience or that journey. Um, And it's really people that were there for me in all aspects. Um, You know, the good, bad, and ugly parts of my life. It was people that had my back. 
um, and some really pivotal people, like someone that's still part of my day-to-day life is someone that I met when I was 18. That was like the first queer person that I really knew that like was a little bit older and like kind of mentored me and showed me the ropes and like had it not been for people like him that said like, hey, it's okay for you to be yourself. Um, I maybe wouldn't be here today. So I think that queer community is absolutely vital. Um, and it continues to be the people that show up for me. Like, guess who was signing petitions today? Like, it wasn't straight allies. It was my family. You know, they were the ones that were like sharing it on social media and checking in to see like, did I make it home safely last night? Right? Like, I didn't have, I had one like white ally friend reach out like, hey, sign the petition. How you doing today? <laughs> No one is better than none. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll I'll take a a, a win where I can get it. <laughs> there you go. Um, and also, this is just like a hypothetical question. So, mm-hmm. if we could go back in time and you could give your, let's say, your eighteen-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Ooh. It could be, matter of fact, it could be more than one. It could be like a sentence, a paragraph. You know, what would you say to your 18-year-old self? Mm. To be honest to myself sooner, to like not really hide um, my truth and myself, even from myself. (laughs) Like, I think um, I was so disconnected to my physical body because of trauma and just like always wanting to check out and disconnect and like not be in physical trauma body um so I yeah I would wish for that that like hey um you really think that things are like crazy and you know everything you don't know shit like there's so much to learn and experience in life (laughs) um I wish I had some of my 18 year old energy. Oh my God, like (laughs) that like staying up all night and then still being able to like function or go to class the next day. Um, Yeah, I would definitely tell my 18 year old self that there is still hope for the future, that hope always exists, um, that love always exists, um, community care always exists and um you'll find those people those people will find you um it'll take some time it'll take like finding people that absolutely aren't your people um but you will no that's real I mean I can definitely relate to the part about being disconnected from yourself because I always tell people when I was younger it felt like well in retrospect it felt like I was in on autopilot like I was in my body but my body was moving and I was doing all these things but my inner self was just stuck like I just couldn't be myself for whatever reason trauma fear um fear of persecution from family friends whatever um so now I feel deeply connected to myself right and I feel like um those words that used to be used against me in the past no longer have any type of weight now Mm -hmm. So, no, I I get you 100%. I think it's also like our culture and society at large that tells us that we can't be ourselves and like condemns us when we are. It's like, 
literally we just want to exist like that's it I don't want to start any shit like exactly <laughs> I just want to go walk down the street <laughs> yeah we did an episode was it last week on code switching and like you said it's like ingrained in you and then there's a mm. like and then there's that element of like you know yeah. one it's just like don't be yourself because you want people to like you and when people like you you're successful and then you get this extra layer oh like you like same sex well then no one will ever like you so you better hide that and you better pretend or have a beard or all these other things you know where it's like well let me pretend to live this right life so that people can like me because that's all as kids were taught it's like you want the gold star in class you want the teacher to pick you you want all of these things and then you get older and you realize who cares if these certain people don't like me if I don't like me absolutely Absolutely. I think now is the time to have some of that structural change, right? Things like jobs being a barrier, right? Or housing being a barrier based off who you are or what you look like. Um, and for all people, I think that should include everyone. Um, that I think is what I keep going back to is like, oh, it's so important just for us to like remember who we are <laughs> and that like we come into this world being connected to ourselves and to our communities and over time like that's chipped away <laughs> we get like judgment and resentment and like societal conditioning and like it's now time to like wash that off to like rinse clean and start a new life and a new collective world together um where people are supported where people can be themselves and not persecuted for that um, yeah. And I think those communities are already forming, right? Like, even this, this is now like a micro community in this world of three people that are safe, like three people that are doing their own things and their own lives to try to make this world a better place. No, that's real. Um, I'm curious, too, like, so you said you're from DC, mm -hmm. but you moved to LA. So what made you want to make that move one and then two like living in LA do you feel like there are a lot of safe spaces for you to be with your queer community and feel comfortable and like I do the same thing with my girlfriends like hey let me know when you get home but there's like a height and there's a whole nother reason why people you're saying that to your friends right so it's like do you Absolutely. really feel safe yeah I will say um Ooh, so I've lived quite a few places, actually. I'm always, like, giving a shout-out to Atlanta. I went to college in Atlanta, and Atlanta, by far, from my experience and my perspective, was the most queer-affirming city that I've lived. Um, I think that, in some ways, L.A. is trying. Um, L.A. is inclusive in some ways, but, like, L.A. is still hella racist. Like, L.A. literally had race wars 30 years ago. That's not like in the 1500s. So like that's still ingrained in the city here. The yeah. city is still 80% racially segregated by neighborhood. Yeah. Like that's not coincidence, right? That's a trickle down of like redlining and yeah. like, right? It, and that I think exists in any city in the US. Um, to be honest, I've been kind of surprised that like as much as people talk about LA and the West, like being so progressive and so like forward thinking, um, I really don't think it's queer for me. I think that it's safe and comfortable for 
cis, white, wealthy, gay men. Okay. I don't think it's safe or comfortable for anyone that's outside of that. There's not even one singular lesbian bar, for example. Like, yikes. Yeah. Um, I'm not aware of any, like, trans-specific places that, like, you can go and socialize. Um, so there are places, there's definitely places that, like, you can go out and dance, right? But I think generally um, the community is not serving us at large. Um, And also acknowledging that like, I have a totally different experience than like someone living in Nebraska, right? I can still like walk down the street wearing a dress. Um, And yes, there is still a risk involved there. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I think it's a yes and for me. Like, yeah, yes. yes, LA is trying and it could be um, they could though. do a better job about having <laughs> some like intentionally inclusive spaces. Yeah. Maybe I should appreciate Philly more because Philly is very inclusive, I'm thinking now, because we have a whole neighborhood. No, you're right. I do. I, I, yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely something to take because I'm now, you know, because I live actually in the Bay Area. And okay. as far as I know, in Oakland or SF, there's not like a neighborhood that they would say, oh, like this is the gay neighborhood. Like there's nothing like that where you're like, oh, I know if I go here, like I know there's like one bar that is a gay bar, but I think it's specifically for gay white men. So I don't in like, you know, and Bryce is already educated me you know there's levels to this too and i'm like yeah <laughs> oh you know and i shouldn't be surprised but i'm just like oh of course they're making sure they're comfortable but any like is anything outside of that who knows absolutely and it it's like the elementary school saying right of like hurt people hurt people mm. and like the same thing is applicable to any group that's oppressed right there is a social hierarchy within that group that still says like, I can blend in, I'm better than you. I'm still like passing, I'm better than you. I have Mm. more social value or capital because, you know, X, Y, Z. So yeah, that absolutely still exists. So before we close this conversation, Preston, would you like to share your social media handles what you're working on, any websites, any upcoming activities with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a workshop series coming up, actually. I talk about the things that we talked about today. Um, Generally talk about things like pleasure, finding that for yourself, um, you know, connecting that with a partner or partners in whichever way that you feel is consensual for all parties involved, um, asterisk, 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 because that can look so many different ways for so many different people. Um, so that's something that's coming up that's really exciting. Also doing a workshop um, with one of my um, one of my really great friends who is also trans, um, just exploring gender and what that can look like and how that's expressed for different people. The best way to contact me on social is Instagram. It's my name, Preston with five S's, P-R-E-S-S-S-S-S-T-O-N. Um, <laughs> so many S's. I was like. <laughs> and I also, before we totally wrap out, I would also like to name um, some trans folks that have passed away this year. 
um, being murdered in various ways in various cities um, throughout the US. Um, so some of those names are Duval Princess, um, Cypress Ramos, Naomi Skinner, Paloma Vasquez, Catherine Newhouse. And those are just some of the names. Those are just names that are reported. So I think it's important to acknowledge that um, and hope that we can create a world together where we don't have to list off names of dead people anymore. Um, that we can exist in love and creation and happiness together. Um, I know that all of those things are real. I know that all of those things exist and I'm ready for more people to experience them. Yeah. Thank, thank you, so you for sharing for that. that. Yeah, that was powerful. Thank you. And thank you for just sharing your experiences and being vulnerable with this in general. And yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, no problem. So thank you everyone for joining us this evening. If you want to find us on social media, you can follow Rashida at Love Jones Mark and you can follow myself at Bryce Lennon. And we'll be back same time next week. Take care. Peace.